0: Welcome to the Financial Planners South Africa Podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically in South Africa. To join a global community of financial advisors, sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Portfolio Metrics is thrilled to bring you this podcast in support of our common passion, people and the evolution of wealth management. A global business links precision investment management to expert financial advice through partnerships and technology. Portfolio metrics is an authorized financial services provider. Asset map is a proud sponsor of this podcast. Are you looking for the next big thing in advisor technology? Asset map is used by thousands of financial advisors to help create more meaningful conversations with clients. See for yourself how AssetMap is leading the next phase of financial advice delivery. Learn more at asset-map.com forward slash Louis for special listener's discount. This episode is proudly brought to you by Alan Gray. They say it's important to live for today. Although that might be true, we can't forget to plan for tomorrow. There's a lot of it left after all. Alan Gray is an authorized financial services provider. Visit www.alangray.co.za to learn how we build long-term wealth for clients. Welcome to another episode of Financial Planners South Africa. Today I have with me Anand Chef. Anand is the CEO and founder of Pulse 360. And it's one of the only technologies where people like Michael Kitzers is saying one of the most exciting evolving technology solutions out there at the moment. So stay tuned. We're gonna have Anand unpack how we got into financial services, what Pulse three sixty is up to, and what we can look forward to. Anand, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Louis.
0: It's wonderful to see a fellow African being able to conquer the technology side of financial planning and the fintech side. And, you know, we connected, I think it's almost a year ago, through a mutual colleague that stumbled upon Pulse 360. But you're based out in the US in California. That's right, Anand.
1: That's right. Yeah, I was I was born in uh, Sudan. Uh, and I studied there and I think I moved to US when I was 16. So yeah, definitely a fellow uh, fellow African. So when when I connected with you uh, and, and Ken, uh, it was awesome. I was like, oh my god, the, there's financial advisors in uh, in Africa and especially South Africa. I'm like, awesome. So
0: yeah, and very quickly, I think South African advisors are adopting global technology solutions, and I'd love for us to unpack that a little bit. But for the viewers and listeners that don't know you, please give us a bit of a background of how you got into financial services.
1: Yeah, sure. So it was about two decades ago, I, I was, um, you know, I was working from another company after right after graduation, I studied in England, I came back to the US then, and I started working for a company and uh, they missed my few paychecks. So that Hurt uh, and put me on the path to saying, "Okay, how can I make sure that I can earn my own paycheck?" Uh, And that's when I started looking and financial advisor. There was a conference, like a job conference, and I went there. And my previous firm had a booth there, and I started talking. and They said, "Come on in." So I followed all that up. I still remember the manager there when he hired me, literally threw the Mercedes-Benz keys on the table. I think Boiler Room had probably just come out or was uh, you know, to talk of the town. Um, And he threw the Mercedes-Benz keys. That means like, listen, it's six months and I already have a brand new car and that could be you. And now when I've missed my paychecks, and that was very exciting. um, So I started looking into it more and um, you know, got into the business that way. Luckily uh, for me, I wasn't, um, you know, as as keen on just trying to make a quick buck. I wanted to make a career out of it. Right. So I had a different take even with, you know, what it was being thrown at me at the time, uh, you know, being hired into the industry.
0: Did you know that it was probably going to be sales orientated? Because it sounds like this guy really knew how to close a sale saying, uh, we'll take care of you. Uh, was that what you expected?
1: Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. Uh, no, my perception going in was not sales oriented. I'm not afraid of sales. I've all my life I've done it, but my perception was professionalism and hey, it's more consultative and advice driven helping families with their you know, financial situation, be it retirement, education, or what have you. But once I got into the business, I, I started to re- realize, hey, uh, it is actually more sales in the start, right? Just because you have to get going.
0: Yeah, and that is something that, you know, we can't fast forward through. And we've had so many guests say, those early years, it's tough. But once you get through, you know, they talk about the first 10 years or the first five years, once you get through that big hump, Things start getting easier. Was that the same for you?
1: Yeah, uh, for me it was actually a little bit different. I remember I was on the phone, uh, cold calling, uh, trying to get a prospect to set up a meeting with me, so that you know I can then tell them what I do, and you know hopefully they hire me. So for me, what happened was the first, you know, prospective client that walked through the door and met with me was, I think, close to, in age-wise, close to the 50s. It was a couple, and here I am in my middle 20s, and I I still remember the feeling that uh, after the meeting was they hired me, and I was like, oh, my God, how am I supposed to have and help? These folks who are in their 50s and have 15 to 20 more years before retirement, I don't know enough. So for me, I took a different path, actually. Right after that meeting, I dropped from my financial advisor role uh, because I felt like I needed to find somebody who can mentor me and teach me what I need to you know, do for helping uh, for retirement planning or education planning. So I actually took a step down right away after my first meeting, basically.
0: That's brilliant. And I'm just saying, hold on, I need to go back to the drawing board, build a little bit. Was it the technical side that that was worrying you at that point?
1: Well, it, it was this couple trusted me for helping them figure out their finances to get them to the retirement. And I felt like I just didn't know enough. I was too green. There was too many different things happening, so um I decided from a technical perspective, I didn't know from also just as a human being, I didn't want to bs my way through it for them. It's their lives right
0: That's wonderful just hearing you you take their perspective, saying, "Would you want to deal with someone with a bit of, a bit of life experience, and there is no way to fast forward that than to than to experience life right. How long did it take for you to get back into advice or did you change your your course?
1: So um, I was lucky enough uh, for Mark, who who became my mentor later, to hire me as a power planner. And I started working on financial plans. So I started, you know, number crunching and doing all of that. And he had me sit in all meetings that he was. Whatever meeting he had with a client, if I wanted to sit in, the door was open. I think that is very powerful. And I think what our industry really should take on, especially helping new generation of advisors come on, is let them see what's happening behind the closed doors, right? Um, I was quiet. I didn't say much, right? Because I didn't know. So I was respectful in that sense, and I didn't butcher anything. Uh, But I think it took me Three to four years, just because I was really excited learning financial planning. So it took me about three to four years before I jumped back into the financial advisor world, right, as a financial advisor.
0: And how was that second time around? How was it having a bit of, you know, real-life experience with clients, having a bit more technical knowledge? How did you find it the second way around?
1: I would say it was night and day difference um, because... First of all, I understood, hey, I needed to go out and get clients, right? And I was more confident, self-confident as well to say, okay, I can handle different elements because three to four years of experience with a larger advisor who has a variety of different sets of clients, right? You know, some folks who are younger, some folks who are close to retirement, who are retired, you know, I, I had seen quite a bit. So it prepared me for... Um, meeting outside anybody and just kind of knowing, hey, yeah, I can help you, you know, so it definitely was a big difference.
0: Anand, what would you say to advisors that are maybe bringing in a younger advisor that want them to be shadowing those meetings? What are the things that you think might they might be missing or the tips that you would give those advisors to make that process really fruitful?
1: Yeah, I would take the example that, you know, what Mark did for me. Um, I, after the meetings, like I was part of the meetings. And then after the meetings, when we were strategizing, I was able to openly ask, like, hey, why did you recommend this versus something else that I was thinking of? And he would walk through the reasons. uh, and. I think that open communication really, really helped expand my knowledge. I wasn't questioning him per se. It was more I wanted to learn why this versus the other, right, options. So it, uh, I think having somebody, especially a senior advisor, who's able to give that type of feedback uh, was instrumental for me. And I think that what, as an industry, we should be you know, striving for is Bring in the younger advisor, knowing they're going to have questions and answer them, right?
0: It almost sounds like you're trying to get them to have a certain way of thinking, not to get to the same outcome, but just to you know, get them to understand how you should be thinking as a financial advisor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, look, the reality is, there's multiple ways you can solve uh, our clients, uh, you know, challenges, it could be retirement is, you know, they're not gonna be on track and whatnot, right, they can cut expenses, or they can save more, or they can boost their return. Uh, There's multiple ways. And it's nice to be able to kind of go through that conversation and say, hey, how come not this versus that. So you can form your own thoughts later.
0: Yeah, you're brainstorming, and you know you're trying to actually check each other, saying, "Hey, two people can work better." And then during those times, like, was there any frustrations? What did you find difficult during those years in your financial advice uh, second time round?
1: Yeah, so when I, uh, you know, one thing that I did not expect, and I don't think the industry really talks about, is the emotional toll. Um, the job can take on ourselves as financial advisors Uh, you know I've I I remember one of my second and third clients uh, were my favorite clients and I you know so much so that I was looking at their marriage as a an example for what I wanted to do with my life and with my marriage as well and uh, they ended up getting divorced and that was heartbreaking because here we'd help, you know, work for a few years, helping them craft out a strategy to get them to retirement. And now when you get divorced, all of a sudden, we all know that is a mess. All of us, you know, for them, they're not going to be able to retire as they wanted to just because the incomes and assets are split. Uh, so. Uh, I think from an emotional toll perspective, that took a big toll. And then 2008, 2009 happened. uh, And I still remember me uh, handling phone calls for senior clients saying, hey, the money that we're sending you on a monthly basis is not going to come this month because the Reserve Bank at the time had broken the buck, as they say. Uh, And so cash was frozen, literally. Luckily, our company came through afterwards, but I still remember those phone calls with the senior folks. Uh, they were crying like they can't, you know, uh, buy food or, you know, they're, you know, they can't go out and get their medicines and things of that sort. I literally wanted to take money out of my pocket to send them. Of course, that's a big no-no in our industry from a, in the US, you just can't do those things, right? But it was, uh, those were tough times. Um, and I think as, as an industry, we need to focus in on, personal um, challenges that we will have as well from an emotional side. So I think to me, that got me the 2008, 2009 and my first client getting divorced and my second favorite client also then getting going through a divorce. So it was just like a trifecta. Uh, and that's when I decided to step away from the advisor role because I felt like, I think it would just drive me crazy trying to help everybody get to retirement and then them getting divorced. Like what, that's not the plan.
0: That is such an important point. And I think we see it over and over. People get into financial services because they want to help people. And then you get to a point where there's there might be this massive disappointment. And I'm wondering, like, how did you process those emotions? Or even how would you process them if you went through that now? Is there anything that you could maybe share with us?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I wasn't, I guess, smart enough to go out and uh, see if there was any resources. I don't know if the CFP board has any resources or whatnot. I'm not a CFP, but, you know, I don't know if they have any resources or not. So, literally, it was just life as it came and, you know, processing it internally and and going through it, bulldozing through that, right, right? you know, same thing, not only just divorce, but there's death, there's uh, medical issues that our clients have had, right? You help them retire, and all of a sudden, one of them passes away. And it's like, oh, no, there goes all that plan. So uh, I think for me, personally, what happened is just I went through more and more and more of these experiences. And that built the, you know, sort of the quote, unquote, I guess, toughness to go through it, right? I was also not in the advisor role capacities. So I took myself out just because um, I would. I didn't want to be disappointed in myself by always saying, "Oh, we've helped these clients, and now everything's gone uh, off the rails because of either death or disability or you know uh, divorce." I mean, these are not things we talk about in our industry. We talk about right returns and all of those things, but there's the other side as well. So. Uh, I think you kind of have to maybe find somebody that you can speak with now, and hopefully somebody has some resources, you know, uh, for for younger advisors specifically.
0: Yeah, there's there's a ton of resources out there now. You know, things come to mind like Mary Martin's mindfulness for financial advisors, and I think it's really building towards that emotional resilience. To be able to be there for clients during these times and to get them through it it's almost less about hey there's this one event but let's get through life you know and all the curveballs that life throw at you but going through that process saying hey this is this is some hectic stuff that we're dealing with for our clients how did your role then change what did you transition into
1: yeah so i moved into more on the operation side of the business um and uh, financial planning, that was my stronghold, as well as investment research and trading. So I took on all of those different roles behind the scenes. And I did compliance as well. Uh, you know, so uh, I became more of a support person to the primary advisors, uh, you know, that I worked with. So and, and what I'd done, what I'd done was I sold my what I had on my side, as far as, you know, clients and whatnot, the business I was generating, I sold that practice into the practice I was working just so that we can still continue to serve those clients. Uh, it's just, you know, uh, uh, pr- another primary advisor was out there. So...
0: I love how you always say I've served coffee to from coffee to compliance. So what yes. what is your tagline that you always use?
1: Yeah, I've I tell advisors all day that, you know, for two decades I've done everything right from serving coffee to clients uh, all the way to compliance, you know. So, uh I've ran thousands of financial plans, put together portfolios of hundreds of millions of dollars. So, A very very deep experience right practice acquisition we moved location i've wired up you know since i'm indian i also wired up a you know our new buildings with technology ethernet cables running all over so
0: that's brilliant and it's so valuable to have that background because with that background you segued into pulse 360 tell us a bit why that was created and where the need originated
1: yeah sure so you know, with so much of an experience from an operations side as well, I started to recognize that as advisors, we were doing more administrative things than advising. Uh, and it's like, wait, that's not the business all of us got into, right? If you were to ask an advisor, like, hey, you're getting into the the thing they're going to say is, I want to meet with clients and I want to provide advice, Right. Oh, wait, but you got to go and, you know, write up something from scratch and send out an email as a follow up, for example, or put an agenda together uh, all manually doing all of that. And I just saw that the tremendous value that advisors provide is in the, you know, when they're sitting with clients and afterwards when they can send out an email saying this is what we talked about. The administrative part, even if you have a team right? Uh, and we had, I, I worked with teams as well. Well, they're also just doing things manually. And I also had a tech background. Um, so one thing we didn't cover, and I'll just mention kind of so, because it ties in here. When I was 12, 13, back in Africa, I actually sold my first software, sold in quotes, because it was actually to get a job at that uh, store. It was a video rental store. And I wanted to work there. Uh, and and they had a computer they were not using. So I actually built a software, a rental software, so they could keep track of, you know, who they're renting the movies to and whatnot. So I wrote the software and sold it. So I knew from a coding perspective um, what technology could do, right? So I went back into coding and I coded in Excel what Pulse has now become, That was a baby version uh, back in 2012, 2012, 2013, roughly. And I started seeing how much technology can impact productivity. We literally ended up not having to hire somebody for a year to year and a half because of the technology that I built and, and for that advisor. I think six, seven years later, he's still using that Excel method, right? That's when I moved to a larger firm and I realized. This is a pervasive problem for advisors in the industry and worldwide now, right? Uh, and so I just jumped ship and said, you know what? How can I replicate what I've done, what my knowledge is to all the advisors? And software was the answer. So I'm sort of replicating my experience, my knowledge into the software because uh, I've gone through so many conferences, best practice conferences, top conferences where you learn so many amazing best practices from, you know, other folks who are ahead of you. Uh, And I decided to just say, I can build a lot of this into the software. And so that's where Pulse 360, the idea came about and say, let me just go and help out the entire industry, uh, do less admin work and do more advising work by introducing automation.
0: I love how you have this vision from a young age to say, this could be done better. We can use the system. And, you know, as financial planners, I think sometimes we feel like glorified administrators, you know, just having to actually move documents around. And Moira Summers, Dr. Moira Summers, that wrote Advice That Sticks, talk about delivering advice in a way that we can implement, but also then following through, actually implementing that advice. So, Explain to us a little bit more detail, Anand, like where Pulse fits into the advice process. When would you use it? And also then, you know, what does it actually do for someone that hasn't seen it?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, So one of the things that drives me is as advisors, um, you all provide a ton of value to your clients. However, Being in thousands of meetings with clients and afterwards handling thousands of phone calls uh, with clients, clients forget how much value you're generating. Literally in an hour, they're forgetting half of what you've just said. And you may have spent three, four hours prepping for this particular meeting, right? You and I understand this. And there's, uh, I think Donald Miller, uh, if you you follow StoryBrand, he mentions there's something called curse of knowledge right you and i have a curse of knowledge we know this stuff and we think that when we're explaining the other folks are understanding and getting it but that's not where the regular folks live right that's not their day to day uh and and so being able to send a follow up email for example just a simple four or five bullet points hey client this is what we've done and what we discussed during the meeting was very helpful for our clients and we got thank yous from clients afterwards saying thank you now they have a written record of what they discussed sometimes they didn't feel like asking questions because they didn't want to feel stupid asking you know uh, an advisor some questions this kind of highlights and now they can come back and say hey can you clarify something more so it gave the clients more empowerment uh, you know for themselves and so when i started looking at that it's like oh But client advisors have to write this from scratch every time. And there's a certain voice you have that you want to translate. There's a certain brand voice, a practice voice, what have you. You can't just hand this off to a junior staff, for example, and say, hey, write a follow-up. They may not have had enough experience to know what to write. So I started looking at that problem and I said, okay, let's start with the entire meetings because really meetings are the lifeblood of every practice and that's where a lot of this work is coming in from meeting prep. So for example, putting in a, a simple agenda together, it sounds simple, but a lot of advisors don't do that because they don't have the time or it's five minutes before the meeting. You know, you're looking at what's going on. You don't send it to the clients and, and which also causes another problems for the clients. So clients have told us when we started sending agendas, they started giving us feedback that I took and internalized it and said, oh, that's what's happening. When we send an agenda out, the clients now know, hey, they're not going to get some bad news coming into this meeting, right? And that's a huge point that we miss as advisors. We think, oh, they're going to be excited to see the returns. But the clients are afraid that, are you going to tell them they can't retire? They can't you know, buy that home or they need to save more or what have you. But when you put an agenda together, that dissolves a lot of that and it gives them an opportunity to say, by the way, we changed jobs or, you know, we want to also talk about something else. So that's the meeting prep side, which you can now easily do with Pulse 360 and have it very streamlined and automated. Then the follow-up part is you can utilize Pulse 360 to build out a lot of these what we call note templates. Um, and then customize and hyper-personalize them to make your life easier to send that follow-up. And we then automatically create tasks and and trigger workflows in your CRMs, either Redtail, Wealthbox, or Salesforce, for example. So, and then, sorry, this is a little bit long-winded there, but what Pulse360 does is help you automate and streamline your meeting preps and follow-ups for financial advisors.
0: That piece around the agenda is so interesting. And you're saying that just by setting the agenda, you can reduce your client's anxiety because they have some clarity in terms of what to expect. We're not holding away their portfolio and saying, surprise, this is what the market has delivered. And we've seen in our practice just starting to ask clients, you know, what is it that they expect from this meeting? And, you know, the range is so wide saying that oh they think you know things are actually very bad so i want to maybe unpack that a little bit in terms of reducing clients anxiety by setting agendas how detailed do you go so someone setting up their practice that's just building out these templates what would be a good guideline in terms of things to discuss uh, in those meetings like what should be on the meeting agenda should you keep it super high level or should it be super detailed?
1: Yeah, I would say um, you want to try and keep it super high level uh, because when you go super detailed, um, most folks are not going to have the time to read through that. But also high level, not in a sense like, oh, uh, you know, you have a standard. Uh, we're going to review your portfolio or, you know, we're, we need to update your risk tolerance, you know. Those are kind of more on the basic level. I would say add to the basic level a little bit more personalization to the clients by saying, hey, last time we talked about this, we're going to relook at it. You know, so they know that you're talking to them and this is a very specific agenda to them. Uh Right. And you want to definitely try and cover what they may think about what you need to cover for them, what you're helping them with, right? Um, You can also, of course, you can say, yes, we're going to review your portfolios as well, but add some other material that relates to the clients directly so they know you've been listening. Um, But keep it at a higher level rather than very detailed, because I can tell you from my experience, when I've had a... Like, I mean, the reason we built Pulse 360 the way we did with the bullet point ideas is because from experience, I've seen if I just send paragraphs upon paragraphs, um, God, they don't read any of that. And it's just like, I've wasted my time putting that together and they wasted, you know, no time reading any of that, right? So, but uh, bullet by bullet identified by, hey, investments, education, taxes, or estate planning, it keeps them focused Ah, this is what we're going to cover got it right and then makes them think what else could be in their life that they want to add to either or you know some of those topics for example
0: there's this famous saying of a client that was seeing their financial planner four times a year and this this financial planner was checking in with his client saying how often would you want us to communicate and see you and the client said how much do i need to pay you to not have to see you so it's finding that balance between between outsourcing and also getting the client on the same page and i love what you're saying about personalize it you know make it feel that it's true to that person for the things that's most important to them is there an element that comes before the agenda you know to almost pull out what is important to them like personality assessments or are there kind of best practices that you've seen to craft into that agenda?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so when when I was in the field before Pulse 360, we used to, you know, have this data and Excel sheets that we would go and see like, okay, uh, what are some of the important things for this particular client that we want to make sure we address, right? Uh, you want to, for example, if you're going to be asking for a mortgage statement, uh, yet if you look in their financial planning they don't have a mortgage uh that's going to put you in a bad light right so you want to have systems and and this is where pulse 360 can help you as well be more organized with these things and you can add in like okay you know what this client uh, probably traveled uh you know to south africa or you know somewhere else recently or they've had a grandkid. let's make sure we talk about that so you can add some of those uh, hyper personalization notes in the agenda saying hey i know you know you went to south africa for a safari for example uh you know would love to see some pictures just bring bring them with you right so
0: yeah pulling those things from your crm and saying okay let's have a meaningful conversation let's connect and so now you have the agenda like like do you use pulse 360 during your meeting or do you you know try and remember and jot notes down what what have you learned over the years in terms of skills of documenting client meetings because this is a piece that i think a lot of financial advisors myself included struggle with and took quite a long time to figure out a right rhythm between do we record it you know do you write during a meeting how much do you write? Like, where do you save it? Um, so I'd love to hear how you unpack that.
1: Yeah, it's it's very interesting, right? As as advisors, we're, we're in the meeting. We want to be fully 100% present and focused on the clients, right? So how do you do this? And so the default has been for the advisors is to have a notepad and just handwrite it on it. Right. Um now some advisors and of course with COVID, Zoom has changed all of all of this, right? So you could have the option of recording that if you'd like. Um, but uh what advisors that I've worked with before and what the streamlined method that you know I've seen really work well is you know have 10 minutes after the meeting as a buffer. So not only have you taken your handwritten notes, for example, or maybe in Zoom you've typed up some keywords, but you can then either do a, uh, you know, like a mobile assistant dictation, right? Um, or just write further down more, uh, you know, notes like, hey, this is what we talked about, what not. With Pulse 360, we've built the handwritten part in Pulse 360 itself, because the idea for me was, if you write it on paper, now that's gonna sit on your table. And that has to somehow get to, if you have a team, to them, or you have to scan it in, organize it, put it in a full file folder. I mean, it's just such a waste. Take Get yourself an iPad uh, you know, with a pencil and take handwritten notes directly on Impulse 360 in that client. And when you press save, it's just done for you. And you can always come back later and pull it up. With COVID and all of that, if you have a remote team, well, now they can instantly see your handwritten notes from the meeting and start working on it right away. Right. So,
0: yeah, that's such an important point. You know, I think having communication in your team around one central place to be able to view client information specifically, because we're not all working in the same office. And it seems like that might still take a very long time until we return to this kind of normal. What have you seen great businesses do in terms of communication internally? Specifically around clients, like how have they collated it and what are they, how are they using the client information in a good way?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, sadly, it's a mess uh, in a sense that, you know, there's, I tell uh, advisors that I think five places they store their information, um, CRM being one of the natural, if you're able to get it in awesome right uh, but you don't get there many a times so Excel is another one or your note paper right the handwritten notes um and then a third could be basically some you have somebody else in your team who's taking a note on a Google docs or something of that sort and the fifth which is the worst is in advisors heads uh and and that's like the worst place right so having a centralized system that can be that can be organized the way you're running your practice was very key for me when I was building pulse 360 as well. Um, so with that in mind, I've built a lot of the features so that you can have one central place for all your notes that can be filtered and searched like within split seconds, right. By anybody in your team, anywhere in the world. Um, but outside right now, if you're not using pulse 360, I would say it's very challenging because you have, To try and figure out where do you go for hey what did we say we were going to talk about at next meeting right that's next to impossible to find in a timely manner right yeah of course you can spend 20 30 minutes going through all the different things and pulling that up but we're making that in pulse 360 a split second you just find the you know next meeting items and there you go Um, so i would say there's a A lot of ways to go for advisors to get more organized uh, around the information. Uh, One of the things that I tell some advisors is, look, we all know this is the information age, right? The information technology, it's information age, data is everything. Yeah, but you got to be able to find it, (laughs) right? And not spend uh, half an hour, 40 minutes trying to locate and trying to think, where is it? have one system where it's centralized. Now with Pulse 360, we're also sending all of it back into your CRMs automatically for you. So you now have the information sitting in Pulse that's really easy to access, but you can also, if need be, go into your CRMs and find that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you remember David Allen and the getting things done system, who's famous for increasing productivity. And he starts with an inbox saying, all your files, everything, and so Pulse 360 becomes your client inbox when it comes to client notes that ties in with your CRM. And so, like you're saying, you need to find the data, and you need to have a good quality of data, but do you think we're getting to a point where we have too much data on our clients, and we're maybe missing the client conversations? You know, you were talking about your days where some of the the conversations got really emotional, yet like, well, How does the data help us field those conversations?
1: So uh, you definitely can have a lot of data, but I would say uh, one of the steps that you need to look at from your practice perspective is to see how can you have an organized set of data so that you can refer back and pull that out. You mentioned David Allen. In fact, that's a book that's sitting right here on my table because some of his ideas is what I've also implemented in Pulse three hundred and sixty, right? Um, being able to find the data. So let's let's take an example, right? In let's say you were talking about a client about their goals. And now uh, you know, let's say it's they want to buy a home in Alaska. Okay, that type of information is normally buried somewhere in deep down in some notes for advisors, maybe handwritten notes. And or if you've forecasted it out in financial planning software, it sits in financial planning software. Not everybody in your team is going to know how to operate the financial planning software. And how much time are they going to go spend looking through your handwritten notes trying to find that nugget, right? So the way we've built Pulse 360, was it was this idea that, hey, get all the data in, but we give you the power to organize it so that you can literally find anything later. And I think that's the key part is if you have a lot of data and it's not organized, it's a mess. But if you start forming a system like, okay, uh, I'm going to put a next meeting tag for any time that I know that we're going to discuss something in the next meeting or a future meeting tag, or, Hey, this is a goal. Let me put a goal tag on this particular note. And what you can now do is pull up all the goals easily with Pulse 360, for example, in fact, you can send out an email to them saying, by the way, here are all your goals. And it won't take you or your team that long. It's probably a couple of, you know, a couple of seconds to do that. So, organizing your data is going to be very, very key for financial advisors.
0: It sounds like you've solved the curse of knowledge. Not saying, how do you know this well I deal with the client, but saying This is where we go to when we want information, important information about our client. Not CRM, not contact details, but what actually is living in that client's financial life and the things that's important to them. Ananda, I want to spend a bit of time thinking about the future of Pulse360 and our industry. Where do you see robo-technology fit into the financial planning world is that something that a lot of advisors are scared of or are they embracing it and you know making it part of their business
1: yeah i mean look robo uh, when the original robo investing site came right i was in the business and it was like oh my god what in the world is going to happen to us right um of course now we've seen right several years out we've seen that hey There is a place for human beings, right? And advisors, uh, basically. Um, There's a subset of clients uh, or prospective clients that are going to go that route, the DIYers. Sure, Um, I would challenge the DIYers, uh, actually, uh, if they're listening. Uh, You know, you may be a great DIYer and know what it is, but ask your spouse, do they know? Because you have spent the time learning maybe, but have they? Likely not. In my case, for example look, I can invest my own money, right? I've, I have done it for two decades now. But if I'm not here, my wife doesn't know how to navigate any of this, right? So for the that's just a challenge to the DIYers to think in that term so that they have a plan to transfer the knowledge that they've gathered over to their spouses, for example, or their partners. Um, from uh, advisors' perspective, look, the investments... Uh, like, for example, Schwab came out with this intelligent portfolios. That is going to keep happening. And in fact, they're going to keep encroaching uh, all the different elements that can be repeated and can be, you know, automized with technology. I think the advice part is where uh, I don't believe that that's an easy fix. This is where we're coming in, right, with the idea with Pulse360 is you're able to email out your advice using us. I see... I can incorporate automation for you so that you can become more efficient and not have to, um, you know, hire an army of people to run your practice, for example, uh, and use technology, the latest technology, the automation that's built. This is why what I see from the future perspective and where I'm taking Pulse 360 is being able to um, use your existing technology, like let's say Redtail or Wealthbox as CRMs today, use that um, by having them automating and doing things for you. You know the task being created from Pulse or workflows being triggered for your practice. Um, and as we as we introduce new, we're going to be introducing Riskalyze and others over the next coming years. The idea is from your communication, drive the automation, right? Uh, and I think that's the future. I mean, that's why we're building Pulse the way we're building. The name Pulse 360, just so you, your you know folks have a bigger vision as well, the name Pulse 360 is on purpose. I want you as an advisor to have a pulse on your business. Uh, I want your clients to have a pulse on the advice you're delivering to them. Uh, are there going to be technologies that are going to be automating? Yeah, like, look, uh, trusts, for example, and wills. Uh, now they're going to get automated, right? So the attorneys there are going to feel like they can't just keep charging $3,000, 4000 $5,000 for trusts and will when they're simple, right? When they're complicated, it's different. So the easier part is going to be taken away. Uh, So, you should really focus on where your value prop is, which is the advice, your experience uh, in seeing how, which different options clients can take. Earlier, I mentioned, right, there's multiple ways to get to retirement, right? Cutting costs and boosting your savings or returns and all of that. But that's where your value comes in, which is the right way for the particular client. And I don't believe technology is there yet, to be able to answer those type of questions that fit a particular client and all their circumstances and nuances that they have in their lives.
0: Thank you, Anand. It's wonderful to hear how you've thought through these things. It's definitely not the first time you had to unpack this. But what struck me was saying, my wife doesn't necessarily know how to manage money. And if you were to leave a set of instructions for your wife to select an advisor or financial planner to work with, What would that set of instructions look like what would be top of your list for her to select a financial planner
1: oh she already knows i have already written down like hey you need to contact two or three of these advisors if they're still in business and work with them just because of 20 years of my experience i've come across so many and i have become friends with some of them so uh you know that uh, she already knows that part right um first thing she's i told her Contact my previous employer. Uh, They have everything and they're a great team and you'll be able to, you know, um, get yourself sorted out. Uh, So my advice to her is exactly that. You know, don't try to handle this. Don't try to learn. Go spend time with my daughter. Uh, You don't need to learn this. You know, hire somebody uh, for it.
0: That's brilliant. So you've hand-selected these advisors to work with your family when you're no longer there and also thinking about how that advice fits into your life.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I was a planner, right? I was an advisor. That's one of the things we do, right? Uh, is is uh, tell uh, our clients succession planning. Well, this is my succession planning in a way, right? Is something happens to me, she knows where to go. Uh, it's not just... It's not just an estate plan or a will. It's also a set of actions that she knows she can take, right? And and where that's going to be. So
0: Brilliant. Anand, you've mentioned a couple of times that advisors aren't really using the technologies out there to their full capacity. They might only be using 20 or 30%. The tools. Are you seeing them missing a specific segment, or do you just find it's across the board that it's difficult to adopt to new technologies and to include that almost in your job description to say you need to be able to be proficient in an advice tech?
1: Yeah. Look, I've now that I have right a technology product as well, and I can see um, advisors using you know, 30, 40, 50% of Pulse 360, for example, and I've spoken with other CEOs in the industry who also have tech products, for example, and that seems like, hey, 20 to 30% is on average of the power they're using, right? There's a lot more power built. For example, Redtail and Wealthbox has a tremendous amount of power built inside, but most advisors don't end up using it. For Pulse 360, what I did um, is... I am creating these best practice videos that are short one minute videos that help an advisor think from outside, like, oh, I could do these things for my practice, right? You need to, as an advisor, think about, you know, think about technology as, um, and this is going to sound, you know, sound crude a little bit here, but you need to think about technology as a person, because if you're bringing in a staff person you're going to train them on your business, right? Well, now here comes technology, and if you're not using all the skills that it gives you, all of a sudden, you're really not taking advantage of them, right? You're letting a lot of resource go to waste. Um, I know why, because advisors are busy trying to meet with clients and not wanting to have to deal with this, trying to learn and, you know, all the different technologies have different Uh, things going on, but maybe assign somebody in your team. uh, And that's what I ended up being. I would learn the technology. I mean, naturally, I I know about it, right? I coded in it, so it's easier for me. But I would say assign a single person in your team that may be a little bit more tech forward and say, learn this as best as possible. Here's what we're trying to do. See how we can use our existing technology to do so. And then have that person on a weekly basis bring everybody else up to speed saying look this is something new that i found in retail i could do or in pulse 360 or Wealthbox. i can do or salesforce for example uh and then teach the rest of the firm on how to do it and that i think will be very very helpful for all advisors
0: almost like having a champion in your business saying hey you're the pulse 360 champion come and share the knowledge yeah
1: yeah. And more questions will come out. Right. So that and then you're always at the forefront and you're utilizing as much technology as as you're paying for for your practice to really, really help you. Um, I have a blog post on my site basically saying advisors think about cost right as far as technology. But I say, look, reframe it. Think about what that technology is potentially replacing. Maybe it's not hiring that one person. Right. huh. That's a huge amount of savings, you know, compared to what the technology these days cost, right? So,
0: yeah, what's wonderful to see is how all of the technology pieces are talking to each other and how they're integrating. And it definitely feels like it's gearing up for something big where, you know, everything's just communicating and and connecting to each other. Or is my expectation maybe too high Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think
1: your expectation is too high. And that's exactly what we're here to solve. Um, my goal is for advisors to get back to advising and do less admin, which means I need to look at what all your different software technologies you're using. How can I build that integration and interplay and interact in pulse so that you can literally have a symphony playing? Uh, just from Pulse 360 and having things trigger in different software. That's our vision, right? So you're not, uh, I would say, no. What your expectation is, is like the low bar for us. And that's where what we want to do, right? And we've already done it with Redtail, Wealthbox, and Salesforce. Uh, Riskalyze is next for us, and then there'll be others. Precise FP, for example, is also another one that we're going to integrate. We should have technology that talk to each other, uh, actually create things in each other. I mean, that's how it should be, right? It should it should all work like an orchestra.
0: Yeah, I think in South Africa, we've just for too long become happy or we've accepted standard technology. But actually now that companies like Pulse360 and Map, who's also a sponsor of the show, are opening up their doors and saying, hey, we don't care where you are. As long as we can take care of you and the data is you know, secure, and we can cover your local jurisdiction, come on board. And it's so refreshing. And I want to thank you for, you know, just opening up the doors to, you know, global users as well. And that is just not an exclusive product.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. And actually, Ken, who's the other advisor in South Africa that's using Pulse 360, he actually, uh, it was interesting because he's using Pulse 360 uh, with, uh, you know, two languages, Afrikaans and English, you know? So it's very, very interesting to see him, how he's using that. And, and you know, that was not originally uh, our intention. Like we, we built it, but we didn't realize that could be a use case, right? So there are some use cases out there that are outside of normal use cases that you should also look at and explore and talk with that advisor. So with what you're doing and, you know, with this podcast and all of that, I hope advisors can kind of start seeing what's possible Asset map, uh, I forgot, I failed to mention, but that's also something we're looking at and trying to do an integration with as well coming next year. So uh, Adam and I have spoken, and I think there's great synergies we can have.
0: That's brilliant. We have it on record. So Adam, if you're listening, thank you for delivering that integration and working with Anand. Anand, for the people out there that want to maybe have a demo or want to see this um happening live what's the best way to reach out to you or get to know you
1: yeah absolutely so you can go to our website uh, pulse360.com And uh, there's a uh, schedule button right on the top right that you can just click and schedule a time. If you are international, you could just email me because that calendar timing may not work. So I have a separate link for international. In fact, I should probably put it on the website. Uh, But you can email me uh, directly at Anand, A-N-A-N-D, at Pulse360.com and say, hey, can you send me an international calendar link with you know more timings available uh so i'll make that available for you so that it can fit
0: better thank you so much for offering up your your sleep time to prep for these sessions and have the recording i really appreciate it and i'm really excited to see where pulse 360 will be going we'll definitely continue to be users because it's made a massive difference in our practice and the way we deliver advice And thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Louis, for having me. Appreciate it.